0: Oh, baby! What a catch! Kenny got day. You're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! I love the Lions! Say it with me!
1: Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, Friday, Grifka's favorite day of the week. We're back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, with my buddy, Grifka. Grifka, how are you, sir?
0: It's uh been a great summer so far. It's been really warm. Been being able to get outside with my kids. Tomorrow's Independence Day. Everybody have a great holiday. You know, stay safe. If you're able to go see fireworks, if you're not, Make sure you release the firework in time so you're not blowing off your fingers. Um, Other than that, TGIF.
1: Thank you, Grifka. Uh, Always a Friday when we get the weather report, we get a TGIF from you. And I threw it out in the beginning or uh, just want to remind people you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Where can they find you? Where can they send you a tweet, Grifka, and hope to get a magical reply from you on Twitter?
0: Oh, you can find me at DKC. That's at G-R-I-F-K-A-D-K-C.
1: Everybody, we got a fun Friday show. Grifka says he's got some questions for me. I have no idea what they are. We will see what happens when he throws these at me. It'll probably be a rant or I'll probably have to ask him. Is that a real question? But we'll get to that in a minute. Grifka... I got no news and notes off the top here on a Friday. What what do you have for me? I guess this is where I just wait for you to ask me something stupid from Lions 24 seven. And I go off on you. So go ahead.
0: (laughs) Well, my questions are just kind of basic ones. Want to get your feelings on it. Uh, boy! With everything happening and they're talking about, you know, uh, social distancing and, um, you know, lines, obviously Ford field being a dome stadium. What if the Lions to get fans in the stands, they had to go play some games at Comerica Park right next door. How would you feel about that? Do you think the Lions would lose something, with, you know, gain something, or are you just kind of indifferent to it?
1: Griff, I didn't want to have to say it, but you know I have to say it on something like this. Is this a real question, really? Are you really doing this on a Friday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would you ask me such a thing? Are you trying to shoehorn in the sport we shall not speak of? Is that why you're trying to do this right now?
0: Well, it's either that or they could probably go play at, you know, Detroit Cast Tech, which is right up the street, but that only holds a few thousand fans. And then they'd they'd be within six feet of each other. So,
1: Griffka, I'm not going like this. This is live on the air, people. Like, I don't even know that I'm going to a game with you if they let us in Ford Field because I'm not all about like wearing a mask during a football game or not being able to enjoy our tailgates like normal. So if I don't even really want to go to Ford Field to watch a game, unless I ultimately have to, like I dang sure ain't going to Ford Field to watch a football game in a baseball stadium. The only silver lining is that I've always said the Lions need to have an outdoor stadium so I can wear my sunglasses in the fall and I can wear my big jacket. I probably would wear no shirt in the winter time is probably what I would do while you'd be sitting up there going, ah, it's just so cold. I just don't even know why we do this. Oakley. I don't know why we can't come to the first game of the year every year. So I can be nice and comfortable. Um, and, and I can be excited about the team. Cause I'm only excited the first game of the year. like, that's the only thing that would be good is to be outdoors. So if they take it to Michigan stadium and spread everybody out, maybe I'm not going to a game at Ford field or at Comerica. And I don't even know that I want to be cooped up in Ford field with a bunch of people while we got to wear masks. I'd much rather sit on my lazy boy. I think with all my 18 fantasy football teams and enjoy it that way. So no.
0: Okay. So, uh, that's disappointing to hear that you wouldn't want to even go in there. So, okay, no problem.
1: Um, Sorry, buddy. There's a, there's a pandemic going on and I can watch it in the comfort of my home. It's probably where I'd lean this year if I had my choice.
0: Okay. um, I guess with that being said, you always remark how, you know, NFL is a game of inches, but uh, it seems like when we watch games or go to games, you know, some teams with their home fans seem to get a a few more calls than normal because fans are screaming and the refs either want to make them happy, something like that. Or So if no fans are in the stands, does this come down to truly like, which team has the better talent, has the better coach, or is this one of those still like, maybe, I don't know. You think you could see like maybe the Packers, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Patriots. Could you still see them getting calls in empty stadiums? <laughs>
1: Griff, do you really think the fans impact the uh, the calls you get? You think that's the case? Yes, yes. <laughs> I disagree. I'll go a little bit with your gimmick about the the team or the uh, whatever, but I don't know the fans impact anything. I mean, the Lions fans are always booing, and we still get screwed all the time by referees. So I don't think they're going, you oh, know, man, we we really owe Detroit one. They're just like, you know, just put stick it to them again. So. I I don't know man I I don't think it's going to be like oh the superior team wins cuz Often that's not even the case in the NFL. I tell you all the time, it's a coin flip league, it's a fourth quarter league, it's a inches uh, pl- one play at the end of the game will win or lose you the football game. We talk about this all the time. You think you just want to go in and beat the daylights out of people and punch them in the face and take their candy every week, and that's just not how it works in the NFL. I mean, maybe in Pop Warner or whatever you're you you were used to might be the case, but not in the NFL. So. No fans, bunch of fans. I mean, I don't know. Makes a bunch of difference. If anything, it'd be like a players' energy type of thing. Like I think the players maybe get energy from the crowd cheering them on or hooting and hollering. But as far as on-field product, I just think it's gonna feel more stale and it's gonna be a uh, same league it always is. Check with me in the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter, and that's where most games will be decided.
0: Okay, so uh since there's no fans, you know, you you wouldn't have to go to the press conference, you know, cause you're obviously watching the game. So you wouldn't have to wait for the coach to say, just check the tape.
1: Uh, I guess so. I don't know if I understand the question, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, they're going to say that regardless. Tape. Yeah. Check, check, check the, uh, check the tape. I mean, I probably have the Jim Caldwell bite here somewhere. If, if you want to know what Jim Caldwell say about it, let me see if I can find good old Jimmy. Is he here anywhere? da. Oh, sorry, people, I'm letting you down. I don't have Caldwell no. up right now. No
0: problem. <laughs> okay. Um, I was listening to your uh, Believe in Lions podcast. There you go. And When, uh, when, did, when does that talking... drop,
1: Grifka? We should probably remind the people when that comes out. That's, uh, that's on Mondays. Monday morning, come, come, first I... thing, you can hear Believe in Lions, which in the future will probably be um, on with the one and only Benny freaking Blades. Benny Blades, everybody, hopefully be on the show uh, at some point. I don't know. We're going to see how quick he will get on either. You, you might be on before you listen to this or in the next few weeks, months. I don't know what's going to go on. We'll see what happens.
0: And uh, the episode I was listening to, you were talking about um, the off seasons and free agent signings. And you were talking about certain players on other teams. My question to you is <laughs> if you could take one player for one, off any other NFC North team and put them on the lines for one year, including their salary just for one year, who would it be? And why?
1: Oh my goodness! One, I get to add any player in the Lions.
0: Yep, any player Lions? from any NFC North team. One of our division rivals only. Oh,
1: a division squad. Uh, yep. Oh my goodness. Is there
0: anybody on any other team in the division that you would take? <laughs>
1: hmm. Man, I'd have to. I'd have to think about it. I was going through you know, in the old Oakry draft room, I've got so many like little, you know, player things up. And I actually, I had this little like pegboard. So I just sort of randomly made a Detroit Lions depth chart. And then on the back, I made a Michigan depth chart, which was kind of cool. Cause like, I didn't really have a clue who Michigan had on their squad heading into 2020. Cause I don't keep up on that as much. And as I was going through the receivers for the lions, I was just kind of like, okay, you got Marvin, you got Kenny, you got Danny, and you got the young kid Cephas like after that is such a dice roll. I just felt like one or especially two injuries could really hurt this team. So just thinking off the top of my head and liking some of the young running backs we have and quarterbacks and tight ends, I'd probably like want to add like a talent, like a Devonte Adams out of green Bay. He seems real silky smooth, you know, when he runs routes as well as just a guy that Matt Stafford would just sling to all day, every day. So I'd probably add him like him and Kenny moving forward would be a really nice uh, pairing. You know, what a definite top five pairing in the NFL. So I'd probably take Devonte Adams from the pack. I don't know how old he is at this point. And like I say, you're hitting me out of the clear blue sky with this, but obviously I would like the youth, the, the uh, lesser contracts, but um, that's probably who I would add just because of the other players I'd like. I'm trying to think if there's any defensive people. Um, Nobody's jumping off to me, really, of defenders that I would just crave.
0: And see, I don't know if I would just crave, but I think he would help. And this is on defense. And I would take uh, Daniel Hunter from uh, Minnesota. I think he's probably Minnesota he's one of their better defenders. And I, Either him or Harrison Smith. And I like Harrison Smith an awful lot. But I think our safeties would be okay. But I think we would need more of a pass rush. So that would be the guy I would look at.
1: Both old though, Griff, Because this is something I I only probably... want them
0: one year. I only said one year. I'm not looking forward. I'm not building the dynasty. I just said one year.
1: Oh, one year? I thought I got to get them like their contract and get them on my team just forever.
0: After that, well, okay, go ahead. I mean, right. if you that's why go I was sort of taking
1: Devonte because I thought he could be a nice piece for a while and at a position that we need. I mean, these guys you name off like 32 plus years old that are about, about to be in the unemployment line. So like, wh- yep. where's your, my, my question was going to be to you. Where's your cutoff with players? I feel like you have no age cutoff where you just think, Oh, he's good. I just want to add him to the team. Like a lot of Harrison Smith, I ranted raved on, I think on believe in lions about, Oh yeah, he's, he's good or has been good. He's been in the league for eight, 10 years, whatever it is now. Like he's, he's not going to be very good see, the next few years. Cause he's, he's done for.
0: See, but, this is where I'm always looking at. I'm looking at the now. I'm not looking, oh, I'm going to have this guy in five, six years. Well, no, I mean, chances are you're going to flip people over in five, six years because that's what the NFL does nowadays. I mean, they don't keep guys for, like, long, long times. That's So it's like you're you're making the play for it now. You're on a rush for it now. That's who you take.
1: Yeah, but the so. counterpoint is, like, that's why I always yell at you on the show because you, you just want the guy now or the guy that's good when you have no foresight to look ahead where it's like you could have Harrison Smith now, like, and you can take his contract now and you can take his play now. And in 2021, he's going to be a, a, a rocking chair. You know, it's like, you don't understand, like, that's where I'm asking you, like, is there, is there age cutoffs? Or you just think like, cause you can't go year by year. Okay. The NFL flips over what 40% of its roster every year. But building with youth and draft picks and everything is what wins long term, not taking these guys that you deem good that are already 30 plus years old and that are just about to be out of the league in two years.
0: But I'm not building a team, you know, 30 plus years. All your other youth guys are still going to be there. So that's, you know, that's it. So if I'm looking for one guy to help me push me over the edge. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I said one year. I'm not looking, you know, for a guy that. Uh, well, this guy could be here in five years from now, so yeah, I'll, I'll pick up his fifth year option and I'll put him on a decent contract. No, because you already have those guys. That's why I said you're just picking up one guy. You know, okay. that, that's I why heard, the question I was that. I
1: heard the one guy, but I didn't hear the one year. But I still want to fight you on this whole. Well, I want to win now, or one one year at a time, or like this guy's good. Let's get him. Doesn't matter what it takes. Like we're always gonna have that battle.
0: Okay we just look at it differently which is fine so is it that's okay
1: yeah (laughs) why is that you you want
0: because i mean it's okay i mean reasonable minds can differ but if i'm looking to go all in like the teams that believe they're close they're not looking to sign a guy for five years if they think they're close that's why they push the chips in. that's why everybody gets mad at the patriots because they go get that one or two one or two guys you know Because they already have all those other young guys that are going to be around. That's where everybody gets mad. That's where oh, why are they doing this? Because they can do that because they're that close. They're not looking to build forever. I mean, yeah, but I
1: don't. I don't think you'd ever have any young guys because all you'd have are these old over the hill players that you were like, I'm trying to win now, everybody. Like I just want to win now. That's all I care about. Well, no, I realize
0: there's a point where you got to like the rebuild has to happen but it's
1: not a rebuild it, just because you have young players that's what you that's what you mistake yourself you think or if you if you invest heavily well, in young obviously players it is in a pick, it's a rebuild because they were at no, nine and seven
0: then they went to then they what, won six games and then they won three so i mean there's obviously flipping the culture and flipping over the they were rebuilding the team because like you said on your believe in lines podcast they got rid of all <laughs> the bad apples and you know they brought in guys who who you know Believed in the system, so yeah. So, we yeah, so they had to do a rebuild. Years.
1: Those weren't rebuilding years. You were sort of retooling the team on the fly with doing. So, what yeah, I you're say rebuilding,
0: is, you're rebuilding.
1: And there's a difference, <laughs> Grifka, between rebuild and retool. A rebuild is tear okay. it down, that's, get a bunch of uh, new players.
0: No, it's not, dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, they you they thinking that fl- everything fl- is black and white. How many players did they flip off the roster? How many players did they flip off the roster? As I so, yeah, said, you're rebuilding the roster, all the bad you're not retooling a couple guys here players. and
1: there. All the players Grifko loved because they were good in the moment are gone. All the players that I have put stock in that hey maybe they're not great yet, but I they hopefully will be good and and lead this team to big things are the ones that are still here. So they retooled oh, so the on guys, the
0: fly. So I complain. I complain they got rid of the guys that were proven, and be, and you're still waiting on hope so they might turn into something so
1: okay because your team would be just over and crippled before you even knew it because you'd be trading and draft your team picks would be a bunch of a young hungry guys, old guys that would get nothing. the
0: crack kicked out of them every year and when they and, and <laughs> no, the one no, year they, they became wouldn't. good and want to get paid you wouldn't pay them you would just flip them for like 13 draft picks like the amazing minnesota vikings so right. okay that's my
1: business oh my god yeah smart
0: business they went and signed a whole bunch of money on kirk cousins so let's let's talk about they had to acquire 13 draft picks because they couldn't sign anybody because they pissed away a ton of money on an average quarterback yeah smart business
1: quarterback is the end-all be-all position like i'd rather do that for a quarterback than go pay antonio brown 20 million dollars at at 30 some years old, like you were going to do a couple of years ago or pay. Who'd you want to pay? Golden Tate. You're willing to give him 15 million bucks a year. Like how would that have turned out for us? We'd be sitting here going, why years. we got, why we got golden Tate on the team at the cost. He's making. We still
0: got like $30 million left under the salary cap. We're not, right. I mean, you're not crying poor here because what they went and signed. <laughs> they went and signed Danny Amendola. I mean, we so have that money they, they to they resign young Danny players, Danny Grifka,
1: <laughs> to resign young talent that's on the uprise, not not these old crippled guys that you love.
0: They signed Danny Amendola to replace Golden Tate.
1: Right on one year, I mean, like Danny three, Amendola's not young, now? Grifka, like. I, I'm not trying to start a huge roster war, but you're you're taking me there. Like we we traded Golden Tate, we got a draft pick, which we turned into what Tracy Walker, whatever it was, or Will Harris, and and then we paid Will Harris. We, is who we, it was. We paid Danny Amendola like three four million dollars instead of Golden Tate twelve. Like that's the economics of the league. Like would you rather have Golden Tate at twelve to thirteen million, or would you rather have Danny at three to five million? They've pretty much done similar things. I'm going to take Danny for those few years on one-year contracts where if he sucks or if he's just crippled and broken down, he's much easier to get rid of than you who would have handed Golden Tate. Well, If we rewind the tape, I guarantee you, you were willing to give him $60 million over three, four years. $16 million.
0: I was willing to give Golden Tate $16 million. Sixty. Okay. I'd
1: do- six million. Like six, oh, $60 million. $60 over three, four years, I bet is what you said. I was not
0: looking tape. to give Golden Tate $60 million at his age. I mean, come on, man. Let's Come on. Really? It
1: was, tw- it, was 12 12 for, it was 12 at like four years, I think is what you said. So not 60, but still in that 45 plus range. That's a lot of money.
0: And if he, he's younger than what? I mean, what is he he's, little done, younger he's, done, than nothing. he's,
1: he's done nothing since he left the Lions. He's stunk in, in Philly. He's been no good at the Giants. Like, oh, he's well, going to he come out stink and maybe in have, in have Philly, a career.
0: And he didn't do nothing with the Giants because they had a rookie quarterback. I mean, come on. Give me a break.
1: (laughs) Yeah, give me a break, man. You always like you always like turn things around and make them sound. But like you have no foresight on young talent or economics. You just want a guy who's proven, which means he's over the hill. You want to pay them whatever you they want, because you think we have unlimited cap space and you don't give young players any credit until they're in the in the Pro Bowl. Or all pro, even better. Then you're like, oh, okay, I guess he's pretty good, Oakery. Like, well, you don't have you, to be an you all pro or a pro. You'd rather pro sit bowl on a bunch good. of young
0: talent. That's, you, you will always have a young team that doesn't do anything because you got to wait for them to develop. And once they develop, you don't want to pay them. I mean, that's just that you don't want to pay them. You're looking for a certain amount, and you're like, well, I'll just go flip People. it for a draft pick. And what then I got to develop about? that guy. <laughs> so there's got to be a point where you got to push your chips in and go for it. I mean, that's all there's to it. And it just seems like you never want to do that. You never want to pay guys.
1: That's that's the that's the Grifka narrative, everybody. Because who do I not want to pay? People that are over the hill or have already done enough. I'm. Not, have you ever heard no, me on this want, podcast? No, Don't, you pay you, Don't pay, pay Kenny. You'll, you'll Don't pay Tracy Walker. Don't pay Kenny, a boy,
0: As long as it fits your narrative of what you want, but <laughs> you won't you won't pay him because he's actually proven something. It's like, well, no, that's too expensive. I mean, yeah, everybody has a price. So it's like, yeah, that's too expensive. But what would you say? What fourteen million is what you would go? Fifteen million was the most you would go, if right. I remember. And I, no. I go. 14 somebody's going to pay him more than that. So you're no. going to, you're just going to let him go for like, if you want seventeen million, because two million mores, you know. Well, I'll just go find somebody else because mm-hmm. we got Fulgum or Quentin Cephas or or Quintus I mean, <laughs> come on, man. He's not I a mean, seventeen really. or eighteen I mean, you million dollars player. Fifteen million,
1: because he's not an eighteen million dollars wide receiver. Yes, because again, so what are you going to replace him
0: with? You're just going to go back and get another rookie and <laughs> wait for him to develop. And when I'm he's gonna... good and he's want to get paid, no, that's too much. I'll go pay somebody else. I'm going
1: to retool uh, while you're sitting there going, oh, oh cheap. We're, we're rebuilding again. We never keep talent when, yeah, we're, we're not going to overpay for talent Griff, in my world. I know that you're just going to like have an unlimited checkbook. and, think, right. and oh, What's what's and another 4000000 So million? You're so going to have a
0: completely average team. You, your okay. team will have zero superstars because you watch too many Disney movies, where you think like too many guys, like, oh gosh, if we get a bunch of hard workers together, they'll just overcome everything and beat the superpower team. No, dude, the NFL teams with stars win. Okay, That's and' I'm all sure, there's to it. I'm sure teams your way of pushing all win. your
1: chips in would work. When you'd push all your chips in, it wouldn't work. Then your cap would be screwed up. You'd have all these old players, and then you'd sit there and go. Oh, but I went for it, everybody. I tried. And like, I know I screwed us up for the next decade, but man, I really gave it a go. That one uh, six game stretch. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure the people would be happy with that way of doing it.
0: If if you think your team is close, you push the chips in and you go for it. You're like, well, four years from now, we could be average again, you know, so uh, it's okay, though. We got that third round pick who might turn into something, you know, so, hey, we're fine here. There's got to be a point where you got to push the chips in and go for it.
1: Everybody, please, please send your hate tweets to at Griffka DKC on his team building and the fact that he can't see past his own, his own or or Derek's
0: or Derek's (laughs) team building, you know, because, you know, his team will always be filled with young, hungry players who have yet to prove something, but uh, they could be good. So in three or four years, they could be good, but they'll take a hometown discount because, you know, they just want to win. They don't want to get paid. They just wanna win
1: griffka let's let's end it with this. I think I by the end of the day, if we put this to to actual paper instead of just your talking, which you do a lot instead of backing it up with actual draft picks or like saying things and actually seeing what players do, I guarantee you, I'd have some dogs on my football team, and you'd have a bunch of old beat up German shepherds that didn't know what well. to do with themselves.
0: I can show you plenty of old beat-up teams that make the Super Bowl while your young, hungry teams don't do crap.
1: All right, well, congratulations. I can tell
0: you an old beat-up team who won the Super Bowl, 83 Redskins.
1: Oh, wow, that I mean, means it's 30 that years was ago, old, man. That's a good example.
0: and they beat the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl. I mean, but, hey, that, that's fine. A Super Bowl victory over, but, hey, they were good the next year, too, and they lost to the Raiders in the Super Bowl, and that was the, pretty much the same team.
1: So everybody hey man, look, it's look,
0: cool though. Look for I that mean, team. Your young, hungry talent. he will get there sooner or later.
1: Look for that under the radar, bad team, everybody in 2055, that ends up doing something and then Griff will bring it back up on the show again. Oh yeah. Yeah. What else we got, Griff? we got to keep the thing i I'm sorry. Else for me?
0: Football didn't happen until Derek Oakery showed up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, sorry lions fans just keep on waiting and hoping under the Derek Oakery fantasy football way of doing stuff where, you know, you can just make arbitrary trades with everybody and everybody fits in underneath your cap. So, but Hey, or, those or young you could, hungry guys will win you a whole lot of super bowls there in fantasy football,
1: or you could do it. The Griff could Not the Everybody real world. just pay everybody, anything they want. Everybody that's over the Hill, come play on my team. And man, G willickers maybe we'll make it someday because I'm going to push my chips in, whatever the hell that means. Like, make it someday.
0: Congratulations. This is already proven talent. They already know how to win. They, they, they already know how to win. If, they, you know, if like you said, they're, over the hill, proven talent, you know, yeah, they nice. already know how to play and win. Right. So, and, Antonio okay.
1: Brown, Golden Tate, but, you they would have been, just they keep been great. They would
0: Getting third and fourth round draft picks, and, you know, you'll be fine. All right. And all right. drafting tight ends in the first round because they're really, really good. So, <laughs> Absolutely, okay, man. No problem. Yep. yep. Yep.
1: Like you say, I'd say reasonable minds can differ, but only one of us is reasonable in the stance, and we all know who that is.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: okay what else we got hey, you got anything else to make bills, me mad here
0: that.
1: all right everybody we're gonna take a break for our sponsor we will uh, be right back
0: you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes
1: Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. It is a Friday. We are back on the show. We had another spirited argument, which I know you've heard on the show before, but it's always entertaining. And Grifka never learns. The more I tell him about young talent, cheap contracts, how to build a team. He still wants the geriatric squad from 1982 that he said won a Super Bowl, which he doesn't realize is 40 years ago. Grifka, now that we got that all straightened out and you asked me some ridiculous questions off the top, We've got our random lions in the two thousands that we thought we'd go rapid fire and throw back at each other and give some quick thoughts on each guy. You ready to do this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a blast. (laughs) I'm going to love this.
1: Do you want to start or uh, I'd like the player. I've got the player and the year, but just, just throw one of your players at me that you wrote down.
0: Okay. This one, I, I know you loved him. Eddie Drummond
1: (laughs) Grifka. I don't even think we've told this on the podcast, but it needs to be told right now. So I'm, I'm a very young lions fan. This might've been my first couple years of the lions, if that, and I'm, I'm somehow with Grifka and Chuck dog, the King of the fantasy football magazine, who you guys have heard on this uh, platform before. And we're sitting there and the lions are down like 21 points or something ridiculous. And I yell out, "Watch Eddie D take it to the house." And of course, what does Eor tell me? Oh yeah, what? This team sucks or whatever. What does Drummond do? House call. I'm going nuts. I'm yelling at him. I'm telling, <laughs> Look at Eddie D do work. Next time they get the football, they kick it off again. Kick the field goal or something. Kick it to the Lions. I go, watch him go back twice. What does he do? Waffle maker? He takes it to the heezy again. Back to back return touchdowns. I'll never forget that day. I don't even know if we won the game, but that was one of my first Lions memories ever. I got to say Eddie D legend. Yeah,
0: I remember that. I remember that because uh, the funny thing was. We were all sitting there at Chuck's house, and uh, you said – because after he ran the first one back, you're like – he goes – you, you said he's going to run another one back, and you're, you're going to be his bitch is what you
1: said. Oh, boy. And after,
0: after he had the second one back, he got in my face, and I'm like under my breath. I go, yeah, he's my bitch.
1: So you got it backwards. He's not yours. You're his you're 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 eddie d's yeah. <laughs> you had that you you had that flipped even after you he got two touchdowns but man i can't believe i used such that language was yeah
0: I, but I i do remember
1: I was, that <laughs> I, I was fired up that day with eddie Drummond, and the king of the the king of the return touchdown and could do nothing else kind of like jamal agnew everybody um griff yeah. you want my first name that i wrote down here yes So, again, I took a different approach. I wrote down just names that jumped off to me in the early 2000s. So, Griffka, I know you'll love this one. I think you even have a little story for the people on it. Talk to the people about your favorite linebacker, Griffka. Paris. Yes, his first name was Paris, everybody. Paris Lennon.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This guy. Oh. Okay, so here's the story. And I know you and Chuck Dog, once again, are at the game, Lions Cowboys. (laughs) I'm sitting in my basement, and the Lions were having. It was one of those years where, God, what was it? Was the year they started out six and two? Yeah, and they finished like seven and nine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, they were playing the Cowboys, and it was near the end of the game. And Tony Romo, oh gosh, it was. Oh, they were. He was driving for the game winning drive, and there was a fumble. And all, they had, all the Lions had to do was fall on the ball, and they win the game. But Paris Lennon wants to be a hero, goes to pick it up to run with it, and kicks the ball promptly back to uh, um, Jason Winton, who falls on it. Needless yeah. to say, uh, Tony Romo leads him down for the score, and I was so mad. Um, I was sitting in my basement, and I took a pillow, and I beat the crap out of one of the one of the holes that rolls off the basement, the, the floor. I just beat – I didn't rip the pillow or anything. I, I must have hit that thing probably a good five, six times. I was so mad. I'm like – I was so mad at Paris oh, Lennon. Man. I mean, yeah, people are like, well, no, good mm. team. Um, they should have stopped him. Oh, they did. All he had to do was follow the ball. But, no, he kicked it back to Jason Witten. Oh, mm. gosh.
1: <laughs> my gosh. That's so funny. Like the funniest part is had I not even said, you probably have a story. I know Grifka's going to that. No doubt about it. It's like my buddy, I've got a buddy, Jay will. And every time we get together with friends, he tells like the same five stories from back in our college days. Every time we're, we're together with people. I knew that was a Grifka go to no doubt about it. Grifka, let me throw another one at you before you yeah. go again. And again, we got to be short on some of these uh, for, we got so many funny names to bring up, but this name jumped out. Cause I, don't remember him being on the lions at all and i wonder if you even uh recall big daddy dan wilkinson the number one pick in the 1994 draft was on the lions for 2003 and played a couple years at defensive tackle that surprised me when i saw it
0: yeah actually he did pretty well with detroit he kind of had a little bit of a resurgence had a good couple years here (laughs) and then um once again, he, he just kind of – one of those things where he just got old again. And uh, But, yeah, he was actually one of the guys that jotted down for our Wednesday show when we were talking about <laughs> our all-time teams of the twenty of the 2000s. He was a guy I actually jotted down.
1: He uh, almost put Big Daddy on your all-time squad? Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, I
0: well, got some Fle- other classic names. Like but... be the number one backup, but still.
1: Oh, oh there's no doubt. I mean, uh, if, if, if yeah. Big Daddy couldn't make it, you could call flu in. You should have done it that way.
0: Yeah, but um, here, I got a got? name for you. Um, how about this guy, uh, free safety, brother of Tory Holt, Terrence Holt.
1: Oh man, I I know the name and I know he played on the team, but I got no good nothing about uh, Terrence Holt. He just is a guy that uh, I don't remember him making any plays. I don't remember you know how we brought him in, but like I do recognize the name, like say brother of a Hall of Famer, but definitely not a Lions Hall of Famer. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, he was. They, they drafted him. And like, was it like the third or fourth round out of NC State? And I'm like, oh, great. You know, Tory Holt, because I remember how fast Torrey Holt was. But Terrence Holt, I always called him two steps, too slow Terrence, because he was always like a step or two behind to like knock down the pass or pick it up or like make the tackle. He was just just that little bit too slow. If he would have had Tory speed. He probably could have been, you know, Hall of Famer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Griff, I was going to bring up another name, but since you brought up the fact of being too slow in the safety position, we might as well give this name. Amari Spivay, 2010. I think he was a second <laughs> or third round pick by the Detroit Lions out of Iowa. I mean, they sold us a bill of goods on this guy, telling us he was going to be incredible. He's a tackler. He was a physical guy. I mean, I think he went from safety to corner and was out of the league in three three years, max somewhere in that range. I mean, Maurice Bavet, just an absolute bust.
0: Oh, my gosh. I thought that guy was just going to be a stud, too, when they got him. (laughs) I was so happy. I remember, once again, my lazy boy scouting, like you say, (laughs) watching him. But I thought that guy was going to be good. And, yeah, he would talk about a guy who just, oh, jeez, shaking the old head, going, what the heck? It's just, oh, gosh.
1: Who what you got?
0: Here, I got one for This one you're gonna love, baby. Once again, I, I, I'm bringing up the siblings. When the, the other, once again, we got the we got the raw deal of the siblings. Boss Bailey.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, Boss made my champ list. Bailey. Boss made my list too. In 2005, I had him down. Uh, Boss Bailey is my pick. Um, this was a the guy they took him. There was all this buzz about his athleticism. It was kind of one of those linebackers where it's like, look at all how athletic he is, and everybody's like but he's just way too small. He'll get beat up in the league. Yeah, but he's really fast. Watch him jump over the line and block kicks. And then what happened? He came in the league and got beat up and had a bunch of injuries and was too little to play the position. Boss Bailey, a couple flashes that excited people and a bunch of nothing else.
0: Yeah, that, those knee injuries killed him, though. I mean, gosh, his knees were bad when he came into the league.
1: Griffka, I know you love offensive tackles. I know you love offensive tackles. Here's a good one for you. In 2008, the name of wrote down: Gosder Sheerless, right tackle, Boston College.
0: Gosder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah,
0: oh, he was a Gosder. Yeah, he was supposed to be a bulldozer road grader. <laughs> he was more like one of those guys that held the stop sign, but it was always like go slow, and it was just always like turn around, telling you know quarterback, watch it, come on, he's coming.
1: Oh, if you go back training. and watch that draft, <laughs> we traded down like three or four times in that draft, and we passed up on left tackles like Brandon Albert, I remember I wanted, and they passed up on a couple offensive skill guys who were good, and they take Gosder Sherliss out of Boston College, again, sell you the bill of goods that he's got all this uh, you know, aggression, and look at you know, how tough he is, he's a Marinelli guy, whatever the heck he is. And this guy was a, um, you know, he had a few games, uh, maybe a, a season or so where he was half solid, and the rest was a mess over there on the right side. So, Gosder not a not a good football player.
0: Okay, me, I know you like good, strong-armed young quarterbacks, and uh, he wasn't strong-armed. <laughs> and but we got this guy. Could have had David. <laughs> parasite linebacker out of Michigan, but no, Oh oh, no. We took Drew Stanton out of (laughs) Michigan state.
1: (laughs) Oh no. This was, this was literally like everybody knows out there in Twitter land and, and just in general, how crazy I am about the NFL draft now and my system and how I do things like that was one of my first years where I really was on top of it. And I hate to say it, Grifka, because you hear me beat up on Calvin, but I was torn between Calvin and Joe Thomas. Like a lot of Lions fans were, but I will never forget the second round of that draft when they took, as you said, passed up on David Harris, who I'm I'm on paper of saying that's who I would have took, and they took uh, Drew Stan, and then he's not even on my list. I don't know how I didn't write him down. But the other second round pick in that draft, if I'm not mistaken, Akika Alama Francis in the second round. I mean, what a debacle that <laughs> draft was. Other than the top pick of Calvin Johnson. Two stiffs in the early second round. you got to be kidding me.
0: 5-0. <laughs> <can't>. oh,
1: <laughs> oh, just brutal. He's a God. project.
0: Why are you taking a project?
1: <laughs> oh, insane. Oh, Grif- gosh. Grif- i got another one that's right oh. up your alley. 2009, the Detroit Lions trade for... Julian Peterson of the Seattle Seahawks, a versatile attacking type linebacker that wasn't all pro years prior. Yet we got him later in his career where he was over the hill and done for. And he was an absolute debacle after his first few games with the Detroit Lions. How, how do you like Julian Peterson in a Lions uniform in 2009?
0: I mean, honestly, I remember when they traded for him. And I remember – I was like – I remember being like somewhat sort of excited for it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. good. You know, awesome. Great. And uh, of what he
1: done in the yeah, past. Yeah, that was
0: like – he was the guy's <laughs> – like, yeah, he was the guy who showed up every Tuesday at the uh, – at, at Allen Park or wherever the training facility was and just – he robbed him blind, man. He was just <laughs> like, here, just give me my check so I can walk out.
1: Or like what they do is he came in and had a couple decent games and everybody got even more excited and then he sucked. Do you remember what we dealt for him? I remember it was a yeah. good player. I can't remember because it was like a good no, player for a good player. Yeah, I wish I should have wrote that down because I remember the trade yeah, too. I I like, it was like we traded a good player for Julian Peterson and everybody was questioning it. And then um, and then it just did not work out. Who you got next?
0: Right. I got one more for you. I, I got one more for you. This is my last one. And uh, – <laughs> This is like when when, when he came here, people thought he might do something because he uh, played uh, football with uh, Matt Stafford in college. Do you remember Chris Durham?
1: Of course I do. It's Matt Stafford's roommate. It's a slow – or not a slow. He had some athletic traits to be honest, but – Big, tall, lanky white receiver that was just never good enough, should never been in the league, yet he hung on here for a while. Why? Because he was Matt Stafford's buddy and his call to uh, his one play that he made that I remember and probably the only one that actually shows up on the stat sheet is the uh, crazy comeback against the Dallas Cowboys where Matt Stafford looked to the right side. Turned to the left and uncorked one to his boy Durham down the sideline. Caught it. Got blasted out of bounds. And we ended up winning that football game with the uh, the Matt Stafford dive up over the top. So, Chris Durham, RIP, man. You, you're you lucky you had a jersey. And it was because of number nine. Yeah.
0: That's how Sam Martin hung around for a while, too, right?
1: Absolutely. And now he's gone. Thank God. Grifka, the Detroit Lions traded Corey Redding. And a fifth-round pick to get Julian Peterson from the Seahawks.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh gosh!
1: Corey Redding was a uh, he was a fan favorite kind of a, kind of a ball player. Let me see. I got I got one other one here. I got a couple more, but let's just do uh, let's do this last one. I'll end on this, I guess. Grifka in 2004. The name I wrote down was a certain linebacker, actually. I got, I'll give you two linebackers just for the f- the fun of this thing. So the one I wrote down was Teddy Lehman in 04. But do you remember the, uh, I think it was the, either after the Ernie Sims draft, whatever year that was, like 2007-ish, Jordan Dizon, <laughs> linebacker, uh, Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> uh, two tiny linebackers that had a bunch of college production and washed out in the NFL.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. Both of them too small to play the position of middle linebacker in the pros. And don't get me wrong. There has been some good small middle linebackers to play before. I mean, Zach Thomas comes to mind, but gosh, man, those guys, neither one could stay on the field. They were always hurt. And that's that's what happens when big guards and centers are bearing down on you and a big running back just plows you over all the time.
1: Exactly. And Teddy boy had like an injury every he'd like, Injure himself, come back, and, like, be injured right away in that next game, whatever it was that he played. He was just never out there. Same with Dyson, just always off the
0: field. Yeah still the name to end all names is zach follett calling matt stafford a china doll (laughs) then he goes out and gets a neck injury and ends his career it's like that's karma for you right there
1: what do do you mean the zach follett claim to fame is those lady jane haircut commercials that he did back in the day and i lived down in the d at that point in (laughs) troy and like every day it was zach follett talking about get your haircut at lady jane's i don't remember what the tagline was but it was like gosh this guy's a goof he had a couple of plays yeah. on special teams.
0: Linebacker out of California. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: all right, man. The the other honorable mentions I had, is I wrote down: Big Baby Sean Rogers, Stalker McDougal, um, and Dwayne White, your favorite defensive end, who you saw at training camp a, a few years ago. Those were those were some of the other names I wrote down there from 2000 to
0: 2010. Yeah, I mean, talk about guys that. Gosh, Doctor McDougal—he was another one offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Gosh, that guy was absolutely useless as well. Uh.
1: What's uh, the fun part? Like I say, about looking back at this, like a, you know me—I'm the positive one on this show. I kind of hate just uh, laughing in the the face of some of these things we have to talk about. But the crazy part is, like you know, everybody wants to beat up the current roster because of the record and because of. You know some things that haven't went well but i literally went back through these rosters and it's not it's not like you know monday morning quarterback like you look at these rosters they were not good you know there was a couple top players because of the top picks and whatnot and there was a lot of players that just you know i don't know if they were like great signs at yeah, the time but they were not guys that like were nfl producers
0: well, I, I know is that there's like certain sites, and I think even Wikipedia is one of them. If you want to go check out old rosters, it'll give you like who's on the roster, but it'll show you like who like finished the season on IR. And that's yeah. always kind of part of it, too. With like we mentioned last year, all the lines that had got hurt and who weren't playing. Like and I mean. Because it's like one of those things, if if you just dumped them in the roster, you're like, gosh, this team should be better. Look who's on them. It's like, oh, they were on IR. Okay, I guess I can see that. So.
1: Yeah, it's been a crazy part with the Lions, just the the injuries, the, the timing of injuries as well as just poor, you know, from 2000 to 2015. I mean, we had to be one of the top, you know, bottom five drafters in the league other than our top picks, which anybody could have made. I mean, Grifka, you could have ran those cards to the podium, picking two, number two, number five, number eight, number 10. You know what I mean? Those aren't hard picks to make. But uh, the other yeah. picks, we just were not. We ran to on, the podium
0: so. to get fat Mike Williams.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been some rough times, but th- that's my silver lining for the people is look at these rosters. Go back and look at these teams. And it's not not a surprise in the injuries, as Grifka said, why we weren't a good football team. And now, you know, Grifka doesn't want to believe in, in a lot of the young talent until they do something. But I'm telling you, like this roster overall is much better, much more solid. The cap's more solid. You're not bringing in guys past their prime. You're not depending on old free agents. You're you're, you're putting your hopes on younger draft picks as well as, like I say, I'm just super excited to watch the run game, the defense, uh, see them improve. And we already have a, a pretty sweet offense, you know, for nowadays. We're not the high-flying Chiefs, but we're, we're a top-10 offense, in my opinion, here in 2020. So... Good things on the horizon, I believe, after some really tough years the past uh, two decades.
0: Yeah, this is a, this roster definitely has a nice mix of young talent that you like and some uh, savvy veterans that I like.
1: <laughs> Will Griffka say that in week seven when things do not go perfectly all the time for the Detroit Lions? If he does, I'll be happy. If he starts to rag on the team, I'll tell him to do this. Drink it in man. Uh... Why? Because (laughs) mid-season, by mid-season, Grifka's usually doing this to me.
0: That drives me freaking bonkers.
1: And I have to ask him this.
0: What the hell are you doing?
1: And then I have to educate him on the show and simply say this. Hey, Grifka.
0: It's like, duh. It's like, duh. It's like, duh.
1: I told you this team was going to be good. Grifka, you got anything else? Earth-shattering, just uh, intelligent, enlightening, stupendous, exciting for the people
0: uh nope
1: I didn't think so but I at least want to give you the chance everybody thank you so much for listening we've had a couple unique shows kind of some throwback shows the last uh, two shows here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast we'll be back next week talking all things Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast take care everybody we're out
0: Pack the bags, start the plane. It is over! What a comeback by the Lions!
1: Drink it in, man!